AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Working from Wayne Gretzky's adage, you miss 100% of the hockey games you don't watch. Market volatility, low volume, trade is hard to watch right now. But you can't win if you aren't in the market. We'll discuss current market conditions and how producers might best participate today on AgriTalk. Live from an organic arugula, kale, and spinach cookie of an afternoon via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we'll chat with Brian Doherty of Total Farm Marketing. And directly following the news, Todd Bubba Horwitz from BubbaTrading.com. I'm your outstanding guest host, Davis Michelson, in for Chip. Uh, Chip was called away unexpectedly. If you caught the morning show today, and I hope you did, a great farmer forum this morning. Uh, Chip was here, uh, now not. So we're back to arugula, kale, and spinach cookies. But just for this afternoon, um, and I'm more than happy. To slide into the big boy chair behind the big green leafy microphone of AgriTalk, of course, heck yeah, every chance I get. And I'm glad that you've tuned in as well. I've got a great show. Uh, we've got uh, Brian Doherty from Total Farm Marketing, and a few of the things that I want to talk about include uh, this this low-volume um, environment here as far as, as trading futures goes. It's not going to last forever. I'm wondering what happens on the other side of of low volume trade do we get a snap back to ultra high volume trade i don't know we'll we'll see what brian makes of it um i want to talk some carry in the corn market and maybe some ideas of how you can defend it um boy you got to watch these soybeans they're holding support but dot 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 we'll talk about that uh we're talking about new crop wheat prices all sorts of stuff i'm going to try to get in cattle if we can here Dude, South America, uh, Brazil outsells U.S. corn to China. That's interesting. Um, lots to talk about with Brian Doherty today. And um, just a special announcement. We mentioned it on the morning show today, but I want to mention it again. Uh, we got a big morning planned. We've reached out to the list of presidential candidates and invited them to appear on AgriTalk. Tomorrow, Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida will join us for a live conversation right here on AgriTalk now. Some of you might be disappointed to hear we are not planning anything sneaky or shady, no gotchas or anything like that. That's not how we do it here on AgriTalk. We want to chat with the candidates on a level playing field and ask them all the same basic questions. And Governor Ron DeSantis will join us tomorrow morning on the program, 1006 Central, right here on AgriTalk Live. I hope you will be here as well. And with that... Let's get to today's news, where a lack of market-moving news translated the pressure on wheat futures today. Forecasts calling for rain or snow across the central U.S. are helping pressure wheat. World weather says rains and some snow will fall on the plains late this week through the Christmas holiday weekend. Meanwhile, Sov Econ raised its Russian 2024 wheat production forecast by 1.5 million metric tons to 91.3 million metric tons as recent rains and snow there have provided improved moisture conditions for the winter wheat crop. March hard red winter wheat futures fell 16 and one half cents today to 625. 
March soft red wheat slipped 12 and three quarters to 610. March spring wheat closed at 718. That's down 10 and one quarter cents today. A lot of discussion about the crops over in Russia and Ukraine. Russia is saying, no, we don't we don't have any interest in this Black Sea shipping deal. We're not going to restart this. Turkey's Erdogan says, you know what, let me talk to Putin. I know just what to say to this guy. We can get this worked out. We'll see what happens. But uh, I don't I don't hear a whole lot of chatter at all, really, about the Black Sea grain deal, um, which which is in need of um, being re-upped here. And it doesn't sound like Russia wants to play ball this time. Corn futures spent much of the day chopping around unchanged before ending the session under mild pressure. Brazil has overtaken the U.S. This happened in November to become China's biggest corn supplier this year. Agriculture consultancy APK Inform increased its 2023 Ukraine grain production forecast by 1.6 million metric tons to 56.3 million metric tons amid a larger corn crop. Here at home, March corn futures dipped below support of 470 and one half, signaling the next leg for corn may be to the downside. March corn futures were three cents lower today, 469 and three quarters. May corn declined at two and three quarters cents to 482 and one half. July corn futures closed at 492 and one half, down two and one quarter cents on the on the day. Uh, Brazil overtaking the U.S. in November to become China's China's boy. China's largest corn supplier this year. Maybe if I talk really weird, I can actually get the words out. Um, I'm going to find out how big of a deal this is. Once again, one of these things, like I said, with the uh, the volatile holiday trade and the low volume and all of that, what what is the the whipsaw look like on the other end of this this large Brazilian crop and these large Brazilian crop expectations? At some point, the last kernel is going to go out. What happens then? Soybean futures followed soybean oil and meal to the downside today as volatility remains high there. World Weather Inc. says center west, center south, and northeastern Brazil will see improved rainfall during the next week, reducing crop stress and improving crop conditions. But more rainfall will be needed. Range-bound trade continues to mark the soybean market with light volume and little fresh news for guidance. January beans off four and one quarter cents, 1308 and a quarter. March beans down six and three quarter cents, 1315 and three quarters. May beans closed at 13.26 and three quarters, down six and one quarter cents today. Feels like a uh, path of least resistance type of thing going on here. Uh, March cotton softened 25 cents, 79.21. Livestocks, uh, February fat cattle up 157 and a half. Uh, January feeders gained 215 to 224.05. And February lean hogs dropped 32 and a half cents to 70.22 and a half of the April contract. Off 67 and a half to 76.92 and a half. With that, let me bring in my pal, Todd Bubba Horowitz, BubbaTrading.com. Bubba, good afternoon, sir. It's the handsome newsman, Davis Michelson. What's up? You got him, baby. Hey, answer me a simple question here. You ready? Is the stock market overvalued? Yep. Is the stock market uh, yeah. overvalued? It, it, it is, but it doesn't matter because it's going up and that's all anybody cares about. And, you know, listen, the markets are as quiet as can be. It's Christmas time and Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, it is. There's nothing to do. There's no reason to be in the markets, and just just buy grains, sell cattle, buy hogs, and go home and come back next year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that. The low the low volume environment, high volatility environment. Is there a risk after the first of the year, some sort of snapback to where markets may be just a little bit distorted? Well, volatility is pretty light. Okay, that's for first thing. You know, okay. th- this is typical. 
this is very much this time of year. Most professional traders are off. And all the firms have their B teams working right now. They don't have the main guys. The main guys are on vacation. So there's really very little activity. There's very little reason to get either depressed or excited. The market just kind of dribble back and forth and you get some movement. But I would think uh, if we open up in the equities big in, in January, I would think that might be a great selling opportunity. But for now, they're going higher, although they're a little bit softer all of a sudden today. But listen, they're up 20% since uh, the beginning of October. Yep. Yep. Amen. Uh, big plans for Christmas, Bubba? Uh, big plans, no. Just uh, hanging out and hanging with my mom, going to Chicago for uh, for the day and uh, talking to you next week, next Wednesday so that we can celebrate the holidays together. What a fine young man you are, hanging out with your mom on Christmas. That's beautiful, Bubba. Well, you know, he, listen, he's 95. you got to take care of her, right? Yep, yep, I hear you. Well, we wish you, your mom, and all of your loved ones the best, Bubba. Merry Christmas. Thank you for everything that you give to uh, to AgriTalk. We appreciate you, brother. And Merry Christmas to you and everybody out there in uh, in Market Rally Radio Land. It's a pro- always a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Todd Bubba Horwitz. You can get more from him at BubbaTrading.com. My next guest, Chambered, ready to fire. Brian Doherty, Total Farm Marketing, next. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. You're listening to AgriTalk, where the conversation begins... Join us at 855-4-TALK-AG. Oh, you best believe I'm doing a little dance. The other one's going to have to wait until after the show I'm hosting today. Got to focus. Got to focus. Thanks for joining us here on AgriTalk. Your pal, Davis Michelson, in for Chip. Uh, a bit of an unexpected absence from Chip today. He's fine. Everything is okay. He just had some stuff he needed to go take care of. He said, hey, buddy, can you... Can you, can you back me up today? I said, you betcha. You betcha. See, now I don't have to get him anything for Christmas. This is the Christmas present. Huh? And I'm getting paid for it, too. Never mind. Never mind. Way down a rabbit trail there. Brian Doherty, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson, is my guest today. Mr. Doherty, it's been a, been a while since we've chatted. Glad to have you on the show today. How's everything? Davis, thank you. Everything is good. Merry Christmas to you, your staff, and to your listeners. Uh, things are pretty good. I don't want to say they're great. I don't like okay. downtrending markets, and I don't like markets that are on the edge. So, yeah. Um, yeah. so pretty good. Yeah. Well, Brian, I want to make sure here that I'm that I'm doing this right from the very beginning. This is Broadcasting 101. Brian Doherty, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. Is all of that correct? All of that is correct. You did great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
if uh, if people and the reason I bring it up, people may be listening to the show here and decide, hey, I'm I'm wondering how to get more from Brian Doherty and the and the gang at Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. Let's get that out of the way right now. Uh, how do we how do we find more uh, on what you do? Well, that's great. Um, so so my ask would be, uh, I often find a conversation is a good way to to handle things. So mm-hmm. uh, if I could just throw out our phone number eight hundred three three four nine seven seven nine feel free to call again it's eight hundred three three four nine seven seven nine otherwise uh you can look at totalfarmmarketing.com on our website or you can shoot me an email it's brian with a y at totalfarmmarketing.com uh just quick background been at it 34 35 years and uh throughout the midwest traveled and hundreds of speeches and presentations and radio shows and so deeply ingrained in the in, in the grain complex in particular mm-hmm. well and I, you've got a, a you and your firm there have a great approach a pragmatic approach and yet with a little bit of the the artistic side in it the, the analysis always calls for a little bit of science and a little bit of art doesn't it brian science art and, and a little bit of so maybe a lot of listening to to what we're hearing from our producers. We work with farmers throughout the country, so we get a good yeah. good bead on uh, things like how, how does the crop look from a yield perspective? What are farmers doing? Are they holding? Are they selling? Are they complacent? Are they active? Um, so that gives us a little bit of an edge from that perspective just to get a feel for what it looks like. Absolutely. Well, uh, I, I did kind of want to talk to you about that. I wrote in my notes here to ask you, where do we end up? I'm not sure what I meant by that question, but I think some of what you're alluding to there with those conversations with boots on the ground may give us some insight. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of folks holding on to one crop or selling the other crop, depending on how much storage they had. Yields, some people did a whole lot better than they thought they would. Some people did as bad as expected. Uh, I guess I'm maybe just asking you for a for a bit of a primer, a little bit of an overview. Sure. So let's let's kind of just step back a little bit and kind of recap this mm-hmm. year's crops and in marketing of this year's crops. So let's go back a year ago. So a year ago at this time, corn prices were significantly higher. And in general, farmers were comfortable, but not really in a position to be aggressive with new crop sales. Why? Mm-hmm. Because you had a big inverted market. You had strong bases. You had old crop prices that were higher. And so as the winter sort of wore on, prices began to gradually decline and take some premium out. And everything kind of converged into that summer window. You had you had adverse weather, dry conditions. You had Brazil's crop coming along at a fast clip. We did have a weather-related rally at the end of June in corn and beans. And as quickly as it came, it disappeared. Yeah. So in the end, what happened is this is a year where many farmers just never were in a position to, let's say, be somewhat aggressive with their marketing. So our farmers tell us this and our, our elevators tell us this, our ethanol plants tell us this, that pro- probably just through a set of circumstances, farmers are pretty light on 2023 crop sales or lighter mm-hmm. than they'd like to be or are normally at. And we're stuck in some pretty low prices right now. So we've got carry in the market. We've got a situation where a lot of farmers are kind of scratching their head, trying to figure out what to do here and how to handle this. And so it's our job to put different scenarios out there and say, well, if this happens, this is what you can expect. If this happens, this is what you can expect. Mm -hmm. And to really listen hard to a farmer's needs and his risk tolerances and those type of things to help sort of develop a pathway for them as, as we move forward. Mm-hmm. That's a good, good approach. Um, 
And you wanted to talk about some ideas of, of how to defend this carry in the corn market. Why don't you take us there? Yeah, so there's a carry in the corn market. But prices in theory, I shouldn't say in theory, just prices are not attractive as compared to where they've been in recent history, correct? Cool. As well as maybe cost of production. But there is a carry in the market. And the concern, one concern is that that the front months continue to slide off where the back months uh, or where the, the previous month uh, was. So, for example, September corn went off the board near 462. December corn will go off the board shortly. It's probably going to be somewhere around this 456 area. March corn has been losing ground, lost three cents today, lost some ground yesterday very likely is going to edge lower. And the rationale or the reason behind that is there just isn't anything to kickstart these commodity markets right now. We've had some rally in wheat. You got soybean prices holding much higher than they were last spring. But as far as weather in South America, yeah, adverse, but beneficial for Argentina, not necessarily adverse enough to connect the dots that really talk about significant corn acreage dropout or yield. But even if you do factor in some losses in Brazil, add in Argentina, you're still probably about a million to two million metric tons net to the positive. And then you look over at the wheat market down today, Solvicon, as you reported, raising their estimate, rain in the central plains. So there just isn't much of a story right now in a complacent market that's losing ground. And so the best way to, to, to capture a carry is to capture the carry. That is sell out to the, to the deferred months and maybe use a hedge to arrive. Or if short futures, short futures offer flexibility, hedge to arrive, you're committed to deliver, and then you're looking to lock a basis later. So that that's kind of the obvious, but it's out there. Mm -hmm. And right now, July corn is 492, and you've got December corn around 456. So there's a pretty substantial carry in that market. And if we use the, the March to July, uh, there you've got March to April, April to May, May to June, June to July. So you can pick your poison about three and a half months worth. But Davis, you do have a carry in there, basically 470 to 492 and a half. So, mm -hmm. so it's worthy of discussion. The question is, do you do nothing right now and just look for a general recovery in the marketplace? Or do you take action? And if you do, you want to try and make yourself into a uh, well, you want to try and create a balanced environment where if the market decides all of a sudden it wants to take off, you've got yourself positioned in some other capacity to retain the ownership. But uh, mm -hmm. but it's a tough environment right now. Farmers face a lot of difficult choices. Well, yeah. And you talk about, OK, so let's say we, you know, we take your advice. We capture that carry. We're looking at a four ninety two and a half in the July 24. Now you talk about people who feel like they haven't sold enough 23 crop. Um, they may have looked at an opportunity similar to this, maybe 50 cents higher and thought, nah, that's not enough. It doesn't get it. It doesn't get it. And then it slipped away. And now we're here back again. How am I going to deal with this? I, I've got too much corn on hand. The July of 492 and a half. Um, it, <laughs> it almost seems like there's a message in there, Brian. Well, that's just it. There's a lot of 23 crop that's unpriced. So, so the message is, or or the feel from many producers is, look, I, I just, you know, I may have missed some opportunity, but I, I'm not giving it away. I'm just mm -hmm. going to kind of bury my head in the sand. That might be a good strategy if the market recovers. If the market doesn't recover, it compounds the problem. So I'm kind of yes. focusing on what if the market doesn't recover or how, how do we handle this? So 
The bottom line is that as a producer, you're an inventory manager. So you got to manage this inventory. I would have some really hard conversations or we'll have with just how can we try to use the right tool at the right time? It's going to take a little more work potentially this year. How do you retain ownership? How do you use paper? Admittedly, the last couple of years, prices have been generally good enough where strong cash marketing was good enough. The problem is right now, strong cash marketing could leave you in the dust if prices recover. Um, and Or if you don't do strong cash marketing, where does that leave you? So there's just no easy answers right now other than to just calculate through different scenarios and how, how, how it's to be handled. There, there just is not last year at this time, I'll be frank. It was kind of a no brainer. It was, look, you've got D's corn over $6 capture value in the market. And that was D's for the upcoming year. You had a higher price for old crop, Hmm. more challenging this year in the, in, in particular, the corn market. Um, it sounds similar to something that my mom used to say. She would have said it differently, but uh, it goes something like hope for the best market for the worst. Uh, hope for the best, protect against the worst, perhaps. I love that approach, Brian. Um, it uh, Because if the market goes up, well, it's probably a little more simple at that point. Uh, Brian Doherty is my guest, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. Uh, we've got lots more to get to today. we got to talk beans. We're going to talk a little bit of cattle uh, and at the end, a little fertilizer, maybe? Let's go to the markets page at profarmer.com and check today's closes, where March hard red winter wheat futures fell 16 and one half cents to 625. March SRW wheat slipped 12 and three quarters of its own, 610 at the close. March corn futures were three cents lower, 469 and three quarters. May corn declined at two and three quarter cents to 482 and one half. January soybean futures off four and one quarter cents, thirteen oh eight and one quarter. March beans slipped six and three quarters, thirteen fifteen and three quarters. March cotton down twenty five cents, seventy nine twenty one. On your livestock's April live cattle futures gained a buck fifteen to one seventy three eighty two and a half. January feeders up two fifteen to twenty four oh five. In February lean hog futures dropped thirty two and a half cents to seventy twenty two and one half. Hey, get more market news every market day. Go to TryProFarmer.com. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. On your favorite radio station or your preferred digital device, AgriTalk is live every weekday. 
In fact, it's live right now. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. Your pal, Davis Michelson, behind the big green leafy microphone of AgriTalk. Chance of flories in the morning, 100%. Well, we should call them uh, a normal to above normal chances of flories tomorrow morning. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Brian Doherty, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson, is my guest today. We've been talking about that carry in the corn market, how to defend it. Um, Brian, let's let's advance into the soybean discussion. We're holding support-ish, um, and maybe you can help remind our listeners. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. March soybeans um, today looking okay, 13.15, uh, we'll call it, in three quarters, uh, a far cry from where we were at a year ago. Yes, and and thirteen fifteen three quarters today's close, um, but that is our lowest close since um, uh, the the, la- the last week of October. So keep keep in mind we're kind of on a slippery slope here. Uh, the market peaked at uh, just over fourteen uh, fourteen ten and three quarters, so we're about a dollar off of that high. And and so as a chart person, that means someone who uses charts to help see things. I see a head and shoulders formation there, and that would point to if support doesn't hold close to $12. And the thing to kind of recognize here is we've got to remember where we are in the calendar, mm. where are we with Southern Hemisphere production. So we're just where the rubber hits the road, where the weather really counts right now. But I would tip the needle when you look at the forecast as a little bit more supportive for crop production this week and the markets behaved that way the last couple of days but i want to remind everyone that last spring at the end of may this particular contract was trading at 11.45 so we're still substantially above that level and what happens is in the marketplace markets move on perception and if the perception turns toward lower exports to china there's some talk that they've kind of maxed out what they're going to purchase their purchases are larger this year than a year ago mostly from brazil but also from the us i think that's a growing concern and then i would also just tell you that if the weather does make a move toward the better the market has a potential for downward too. So the key is balance. The key from my perspective is if you're holding on to a lot of beans, I think you're taking a lot of risk betting on South American weather. On the other hand, it may be a good bet. It's not ideal. That part of the world is a big place and it's hard to get good weather everywhere, but it does look like Argentina's got better weather at this point and Brazil's weather could be on the mend. Some of these private estimates do a Brazil crop quite a bit lower. The USDA is only about what, 2 million, two and a half million metric tons off of the previous high. Mm-hmm. Um, that's still a lot of beans. So so just putting the word out there, we're sort of at a really critical point on the charts. Might be a great yeah. buy opportunity. On the other hand, uh, the handwriting might be on the wall that if the weather improves, the trade's going to continue to get a little bit more and more defensive. Well, and I'm... Not much of a chart smith, but I'm looking at the the March soybean contract here, uh, and it almost looks like it it made an attempt after the head and shoulders to make a breakout to the upside and failed, and now we're back uh, almost. I mean, we're basically testing support here. Um, is, is this a bit of yeah. a negative setup technically? I think it is. You've hit the nail yeah. on the head. It, it, that that you kind of form that right shoulder, and yeah. that's an opportunity for the market to kind of take off. It showed good strength and then put a reversal in and then has been 
I'm going to say consolidating or down. So it's not quite to a violation point yet, but I'm I'm just concerned there that uh, if you look at the ease of which the markets, ag markets in particular, have just fallen apart this year mm -hmm. at different stages, how fast the cattle market took a bull and turned it on its side, how quickly the hog market fell apart. Milk prices have fallen apart hard. Wheat prices all year have this kind of tight inventory, tight supply, continue to decline. It's not a great story in agriculture right now. And in fact, if you look at commodities as a whole versus the equity market, mm -hmm. commodities seem to be blazing on sale while equities are overbought. But those are the trends right now. What? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You you can't see the future. I mean, what changes that? Because you know, ultimately, I was taught for my retirement accounts and whatever, put money in the stock market and forget it. Leave it there. You know, I'm not a hot money guy. Most of, I think, the people listening, at least in, as far as the equities go, are not hot money people necessarily. But isn't the idea that the, the stock market has just generally marched higher over time and eventually it's got to make new highs and keep going? Well, that's been the case and yeah. it's a it's been a bull market here as of late but today that the market just on an observation now the day is mm -hmm. not over yet but mm -hmm. it went into new all-time highs and i'm going to look at the dow jones index right now okay. and it's flipped over and and it, the range is larger today and right now it's trading about 385 points lower so that that would be on the chart side of the the coin a what we call a bearish key reversal should the market finish lower so it takes out yesterday's range so from a, an investor perspective you know i i'm just hesitant to to add much comment on that because yeah, investors yeah. may be buying multiple varieties of different investment tools like bonds sure. and stocks and aggressive stocks so that would be more aligned to kind of your risk tolerances in your conversations with your advisor there but yeah. they're still markets and at some point yeah. you know buying runs out of power selling erupts and we saw that a lot here in agriculture as soon as the market sniffs that the supply side of the equation could grow the carry out there's a very strong historical tendency to see prices invert to the to the trend of carry out that is what carryouts that pile left over at the end of the marketing year. So 2.1 billion bushels, 2.15 billion bushels of corn is a lot more than 1.3-ish from a year ago. Yeah. That's been sort of the Achilles heel of the corn market is that growing carryout. Soybeans are still snug enough. There's not a lot of room for air elsewhere, mm -hmm. but we're not necessarily seeing big downgrades this past week and a half to the Brazilian crop, and, yeah. and, and the market has kind of stalled. So in an environment like this, uh, it feels super important to stay balanced uh, with cash sales and then maybe re-own somehow on paper. Yeah. One, the one thing that always scares me about the bean market is how quickly it can move and sometimes without rhyme or reason. And often that's a move to the downside. So, so if you've got a lot of beans on hand, really contemplate what that might feel like if all of a sudden we peel off 50 cents to $1.50 in the bean market because it rained in Brazil and um, China's not buying and you can, yeah. you can conjure up scenarios. Sure. So I would be a, a little bit more inclined when I look at the calendar to say, Hey, we're at a better price than we were uh, at different points this fall. The market has stalled all around $14. We're still trading above 13 on the deferred contracts while well, in January. Um, what if we sold those beans or what if I took, 
some beans and move those into the marketplace, generated my cash flow, stop mm-hmm. the storage costs, stop interest payments. How do I stay relevant if I want to be in the market? Because it could be one of those years where if, if Brazil hiccups here, yeah. all of a sudden we do add a dollar or two. So my bias would be to go into some type of a fixed risk tool, which would be a call option or maybe something called a bull call spread where you buy a call, go out of the money and sell a call and get those dollars back to you right away to reduce the cost. Mm-hmm. But put yourself now where you've sold the cash, you've taken the risk off the table, you've right. reinvested a part of that back into the market, and you can buy a fair amount of time on that. You can go out to the March or the May or even the July contract and kind of stand in front of all of this Southern Hemisphere weather and fight for acres and everything else that's going to be coming on board here in the next 60 to 90 days. Right, right. And you can sleep at night probably too. That's part of the design is to (laughs) to be balanced, right? Be balanced. In Uh, in a perfect world. um, Sometimes an all or nothing approach is great. Sometimes it's a horrible approach, but uh, doing nothing sometimes. I've always said this. uh, If you you do nothing, you wait around long enough, you can sell at lower prices. So Mm. that's not always true, but (laughs) I I think we all know kind of that feeling. Not the best. Not the most savvy model for turning a profit on the farm, Brian. <laughs> well, a lot of times the market's higher on, on solid fundamentals, but right. but those fundamentals you wrote. And you need to, as they yeah. say, keep feeding the bull. And if all of a sudden you don't have something to feed the bull, it can tip over kind of quickly. Yep, yep. Um, just real quick before we run out of time here, I'm going to skip over wheat, but but let's do just talk a little bit of cattle. Where's your head head at right now in the cattle market? Yeah, so another nice update a day and some more recovery off this downslide. Um, I would tell you that I think we've had a good solid day to day, a nice solid close above the 21 day moving average on, on the, the deferred live cattle contracts uh, in the February and the April contracts. I think demand cycles in. No matter how you slice it, you're not all of a sudden growing the herd. What happened is I think the market just got between a higher dollar and higher cattle prices, our exports really tailed off into the fourth quarter, down about 20%. And then the trade, once it tipped over, you start seeing what I call unattended selling. And that is, if you were long the market, the market starts to go down, you probably have a stop order or you take your profit. That's a sell. Mm-hmm. You've got people initiate sells by putting stops under the market. That's a sell that maybe they weren't intending to sell yesterday, but the market went down, it sold today. And then you've got people trying to buy the dips and then they get out. So you get a lot of this selling that accentuates the market downtrend. But the bottom line of it is, is you've got cheaper pork products and poultry products and beef got too far ahead of itself. Now it's in a corrective mode. I'm choosing to be optimistic. I just don't think no matter how you slice it, you're going to all of a sudden find a lot more beef cattle available for market. I'd like to see that April contract currently trading around 173. Make that 50% correction. Get back up into the 182 to 183 mark. I know it's looking like a lot right now, but it wouldn't take much from the demand side. And with the equities moving like they have, I've got to believe that there's a fair number of consumers out there that are willing to kind of spend the money Mm -hmm. now. They feel a little bit more confidence in their savings and go out and eat a good Christmas dinner or buy those steaks. I'm going to have me a big uh, fat steak for Christmas dinner, Brian. I hope you will (laughs) as well. Merry Christmas, buddy. Thanks for your time today. That's 800-334-9779. Brian Doherty, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. 
From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. When news breaks, the newsmakers talk about it on AgriTalk with Chip Flory. Or if Chip's not here, sometimes they talk about it with Davis Michelson, your pal. So glad to be here today. It's a great day, isn't it? As Travis Tritt says, it's a great day to be alive. I uh, hope you're having a great day, too. Good conversation with Brian Doherty. There are lots, lots to uh, to dig into there. I, I do love his approach there. Uh, Brian Doherty from Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. If you happened to uh, tune in, gosh, when was that yesterday when the AgriTalk theatrical players did their uh, summation of White Christmas? Which I didn't, I didn't quite get it at first, but it, eventually it it sunk in. Um, you know, they the uh, the AgriTalk men of song suggested maybe we've got a little time here, maybe an AgriTalk holiday music classic, perhaps. If it'll play. Well, now it's not going. There we go. There we go. This AgriTalk classic Christmas cut. Got a leather bone edition of this year's bonds. Bad behavior dictionary when I write it all out. Got a leather bone edition of this year's bonds. Bad behavior dictionary when I write it all out. January 1, I started strong, but the days were short and the nights were long, and I spent too much time playing my favorite rap song. Forgot about the garbage, and I flat ignored the leaky faucet. Let the cat outside, and he brought back fleas. Let almost every call go straight to voicemail, and every time I went to the lake, I came back with a taller tail. Didn't tuck my shirt in. Let my briefs disintegrate to tatters, and every month, I got a little bit fatter. Let the aquarium water run low. Forgot to DVR wifey show. Ate the last piece of cheesecake. Refused to roller skate. Left the seat up. Turn the heat up with the window open And I paid to have my own oil changed Drank a bushel of bush light And left the cans in the yard Missed my mother's birthday Didn't even send a card Kicked my dirty socks under the bed And kicked the neighbor's dog But not in the head You all offender, no one to blame but me. My list of negative achievements comes with a glossary. I'm sure Dewey Decimal would find it unacceptable. He'd throw the book at me, the Atlas and the Great Big Dictionary. This holiday confession is long overdue, so here's a nickel. I'm on the naughty list now. Ah, the naughty list from Agritalk Christmas Past. 
Chip had asked me, he's like, well, you're on the nice list or the naughty list this year. Maybe you remember. I don't even know. This is like four or five years ago now. This is a classic. This is a vintage cut from AgriTalk. Um, yeah, wow. Exciting stuff. I want to talk about fertilizer just a little bit. USDA updated their fertilizer prices this week for Iowa and Illinois. So I'm going to break them out by state, and then uh, we'll average them together and figure out um, what what we're looking at here. Uh, so I'm going to start in Iowa. This uh, USDA reported as of December 12. Now, Illinois, if I recall right, yes, reported on the 18th. So this is the uh, freshest data that we have from USDA. Anhydrous ammonia in Iowa now at an average cost of eight thirty nine sixty seven. That's down a buck forty eight on the week in the state of Iowa. We'll talk averages in just a moment here, but state by state, urea in Iowa at six fourteen. Now they they hadn't been posting bids on uh, on urea and on uh, UAN either twenty eight or thirty two. Uh, that creeps me out. Um, there's nothing to compare it to here. So right now, urea is back on the board at six fourteen in Iowa. And we got to jump all the way down to monoammonium phosphate map in Iowa, currently 817 and 14 cents. That's up 20 bucks over the two week reporting period. Uh, potash at 516.63 in Iowa, that's up 763. Now, here's the good news diesel is down seven cents to an average of $3.30 per gallon. I think, I'm thinking Illinois is even below that. Uh, propane uh, down two cents, buck 58 in Iowa. Those are your Iowa numbers. Let's flip over to Illinois real quick where anhydrous is now 842.91. That's down 773 from USDA's previous report. Urea at 539.33. That's down 52.33. That suggests that maybe Iowa urea at 614 may have some room to the downside here near term. Uh, 28% liquid nitrogen, 381.80 for your UAN. That's down a buck 95. Uh, DAP at 719.75, that's up 850. MAP 760, that's up $2.83. Potash up $1.48 at 524.90 in the state of Illinois. Farm diesel's down 26 cents in Illinois, $3.04. Let's hope that Illinois has some things that, uh, that Iowa will catch on to there as far as some pressure on the diesel. Now, if we're looking at, we take those two and average them together, the Iowa and Illinois numbers, um, just kind of for reference here, um, that puts anhydrous at 841.29, down 460 since the most recent report. Uh, DAP at 719.75, that's up 850. MAP at 788.57, that's up $11.42. Uh, let's see, vitamin K potash, there we go, up just 74 cents, 516.95. Uh, 28% is down a buck 95, 381.80. 32% unchanged at 392.67. That's the last word that we got, and that was clear um, clear several weeks ago, 392.67. Urea, uh, as I said, back on the board in Iowa, we're at 576.67, down 40 bucks for the uh, Midwest average there. Ruby Red, uh, down 17 cents to 317, and uh, here, of course, is LP, buck 58 there. Uh, so <laughs> price is coming down. Uh, if I'm looking at it, urea is overpriced. Um, looks like UANs are slightly underpriced. MAP is uh, is overpriced as well. Uh, we'll be looking for that Santa Claus swoon in diesel uh, any time now, and this may actually be it. I'd like to see Iowa catch up to that uh, sharp decline in Illinois farm diesel, but now may be the time to really start considering booking some diesel, at least a portion for spring needs uh, if the model, if the market wants to bottom out here for us.
National Weather Service 6 to 10 day temperature outlook. This is valid from December 26 to December 30. Updated just today. Uh, temperature outlook above normal temperatures, not quite as hot, but it's pretty much everybody except Texas. Let's just call it that. That will be above normal with the uh, highest chances for above normal temperatures in the northern plains. Below normal precip except on the western and eastern coasts. 8 to 14 day outlooks. Uh, fairly similar except we get some below normal temperatures moving into the southeast. Uh, and below normal precip spreads over the rest of the nation with just the southwest in above normal precipitation chances tomorrow morning. Uh, we have, uh, let's see, we have Governor Ron DeSantis. Hopefully Chip will be back. I'm your pal, Davis Michelson for Big Apple Joe Stackler. Hey, thanks for listening to AgriTalk. We will speak with you in the morning.